Hey, everybody, and welcome to the What is this, honey? podcast, where we will be discussing everything from pop culture to reality TV to true crime documentary to my life and everything in between that makes you scratch your head and ask yourself, what is this, honey? Hello, my friends. Uh, Welcome to this week's episode of What Is This, Honey? As always, I am your host, Brandon, here for you to stir the pot and to be the pot and to be the stirrer. It's Pride Month, bitches. Have a cocktail, for God's sake. A glass of wine or just, you know, a juice. But raise your glass. Yeah, right, because some of y'all need to do what's best for y'all, and that did not include any kind of cocktails. But raise a glass to you, and more importantly, raise a glass to me. If you know anyone who's a part of the LGBTQ community, you should just go ahead and send them a Venmo for a cocktail, a cash app for a beer, a Zelle payment for a glass of Chardonnay. Cardinay. Cardinay! You guys, I have been comfort watching Kath and Kim. You can watch it on Netflix. It is an Australian television show. I'm literally just going to leave it at that. I'm going to start making memes. Re. These are V. Kath and Kim. Welcome back, you guys. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so glad that you're back with me. I hope that you've been enjoying our new programming, our documentaries. Every week you will be getting, on Mondays, a Real Housewives of Atlanta recap with myself and Zell Brooks. You'll be getting, on Wednesdays, a documentary episode. This season, we are covering The Secrets of Hillsong. We have covered episode one. It has us biting our nails, and we cannot wait to see what happens in episode two. Honestly, y'all, my recap is more exciting. Just saying. You gotta understand. Actually, the documentary is really exciting. <laughs> But my recap, it goes hand in hand. It's like tea and Tamara, my friends. And every Friday, we will have a what is this for real. Because sometimes we just need to step back and we need to ask, what is this? Now, y'all, there's been a lot of things that have been trending this week. Snitches have been trending out there, these rappers. A lot of things have been trending, awful things that I don't want to talk about because we already think about the shit enough. But one thing that made me stop and say, hmm, again? Teresa Judice owes the U.S. government a substantial amount of money in back Texas. But the Real Housewives of New Jersey star is well aware of her debts. According to page six, and according to court documents obtained by Page Six, Judice, 53, was notified on May 3rd that she has a new tax lien, totaling more than $17,000. The reality star appears to have an unpaid balance of $14,611.41 for the 2020 tax year and $2,449.91 for the 2021 tax year. Mm-hmm. She's making payments. She's financed this tax lien. Which, listen, I get it. Some people are not as smart as the rest of us. And let me just tell you something right now. When it comes to taxes and money and shit, I'm awful. Filing my own taxes, I can't imagine what it's like. But, Teresa, you get yourself an accountant. You get somebody to handle that for you. And if you, if you owe this much money in taxes, somebody fucked something up. And the reason why this is crazy, crazy town, crazy business, is because Teresa, if you guys don't know, Teresa went to the big house, honey. The federal big house for one entire calendar year. It, it brings our stream straight. She can't even think about it these days. The way that she reacts when they bring it, like, she's like, just don't talk about jail. 
I the way if that happened to me, there would be no bill unpaid. I'm not even going to pay these off by the month. No, let me go ahead and run this. Because here's what's crazy about a number like $17,000, right? It's a lot of money. It's not a small amount of money. But when you see someone like Teresa Judice and Louis Rulle living in a $3.5 million house, driving, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Like if you're carrying a $45,000 purse, why don't you just pay your tax bill? Can somebody explain this to me? What is this? What is this, honey? What goes on? I really don't understand it. And it's like, for instance, if somebody is in a, a federal investigation or they're being charged with fraud, for instance, they owe coin, they will go through your stuff to liquid to, to make that money up. They're going to run to your Louis Vuitton purse. They're going to run to your Chanel shoes. So one thing is like, can you not go without like two pair of shoes? One bag? Because a Chanel bag is going to run you 10. At the cheap end. Okay? And Teresa, I see you out in these streets. I see you flying. She doesn't be on the private jets, but I see, she I see you in the business class. I'll be there, girl. I know how much that shit costs. It's not cheap, honey. And there's nothing wrong with, with enjoying your life and doing all those things. It's just alarming when you think about the fact that somebody has already, they have already been to the prison, the federal prison. Don't go back. Teresa, we don't, we don't want you to go back. And all of this stuff with your man, girl, go, 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 go. Yeah. What is this, honey? Just tell us what it is. Explain it to us. Because it seemed like what y'all been doing over there in New Jersey, Ruleth, Louis Ruleth, and Teresa, it seemed like y'all been having a little bit of fun. Y'all been on the party tip. Y'all been partying. And I would, I just suggest that y'all pay y'all damn taxes. If I can suggest anything to anybody. Pay your Wesley Snipes taxes. If the United States government is going to come for you for anything, honey, believe it when I say it, it's going to be your tax return. You need to claim that coin. And I just, you know, people get to a certain level of coinage and they start to lose their damn minds. And I don't know whether it's like the, ex the, uh, the access to having things or the excess of life and like, just living over the top and being able to do stuff that like normal people can't. Look, I get it. I feel you on that. 100%. Because let me tell you something. Mia, I want to sit in the front of the plane, bitch. I do. Like, I legitimately just do. And it's, it, it's comfortable. It's more comfortable. It's nice. It's nice. It's not, so I don't, I don't hold anything against these people because they want to live well. But at what cost? You know, you, you know, we know how much coin y'all be making, girl. Girl, we know how much coin y'all be making. But how, like, what's the consequences? Because it seems like more money, more problems. And not in the way of like, oh, my God, I have bigger bills. It's like, okay, well, now I have to do this. And I can only wear this. And I can only do that. The girl, y'all make coins. And the conjunction of Teresa Judice and Louis Rulis, both of these lawsuits, his business is getting sued too. Mm, girl, what is this? A white refrigerator? What is this, honey? We need to go find you a home. Y'all just sing y'all's prayers up for her. I really didn't mean for this. This is like, like a Bravo episode, but I just, it just had to happen. And I'm going to, Lord have mercy. We're just going to pray for her because I think she needed our prayers. I think she needed our prayers. And it might, listen, 
Even if she needed our prayers, she wouldn't listen. Y'all know Teresa ass don't listen. <laughs> Y'all know Teresa don't listen to reason. I can let me make an assumption. Let me let, let me surmise some things. Let me predict. Louis came around there. I may have said this on the podcast before, but Louis came around there and tapped that ass the way that Teresa never had that ass tapped before. Because y'all know Juicy Joe wasn't doing nothing. He was doing the roly poly. He was doing the roly poly. <laughs> like, come on. Teresa, you got to snap out of it, sis. We want you to snap out of it. Send a prayer for Teresa Judice. And we're just going to hope that she don't, she don't go to... There's something in the water with these people in the tax fraud and the tax stuff. What? It's accident. Padma Lakshmi, the longtime host and executive producer of the popular kitchen competition show Top Chef, will pack her knives and go. To use the phrase she uttered countless times to contestants who had been eliminated from Bravo's Cut Throws contest, she is extremely proud to have been a part of building such a successful show and of the impact it has had in the world of television and food. She wrote that in a statement and posted it on her social media. Okay, it's really fucking sad. She said that she came to the decision after much soul searching and says that she plans to spend more time on her Hulu docuseries, Taste the Nation, her writing projects, and other activities. Now, this is according to the Washington Post. I'm sure you've seen it all over the internet. That Padma is leaving top. She has had enough, honey. She looked at those people. She said, what is this? It's time to go. One thing that I, that I must say, one thing that I really enjoy and respect is when people know when to leave. When people know when to transition. When people know when it's time to seize the other opportunities. Like, I think there is such a thing as like, you know, remembering where you came from. You better remember where you came from. Like, yes, know, you, you know, honor your roots and respect your roots. But in addition to that, however, comma to that, you can't be stifled by an opportunity that you got like, almost 20 years ago. Like you have to be able to use that platform as a springboard. And I think that's something that people really don't recognize with a lot of the folks that are in the public eye, particularly because of the entertainment sector, the entertainment business is that these people have been working behind the scenes for decades. And of course to y'all, the naked eye, it seems like, oh, you just popped out so and so. They just decided to be an actor. Like, I remember someone was like, wow, like, I wonder what made Viola Davis decide to be an actor, like, in her 40s. And it's like, no, you dumbass hoe. She's been doing this for years. She went to the Juilliard school. So I think it's great that Padma is, is, is able to go over to Hulu. Okay. Hulu's been just like a sexy little hotbed for. You know, our reality starts when they want to have more creative license. As we have seen in the new Kardashians season. Y'all, I was very late. They don't do their press promo like they did when they were on E. Well, A of all, they don't have to. So, you know, and I only follow him. So I realized that there was a new season. So I decided to catch up. What are you guys thinking? Are you into it? Because it's definitely got me saying like, what is this, honey? In regards to the Courtney and Kim relationship, which I'm not going to lie to you guys, I'm having a parallel in my life at the moment. And it's not with my biological sister. All I'm going to say is I'm Kim. And will always be. I think that, listen, and like, listen, I know a lot of people are like, ew, gross, Kim Kardashian. I am a Kim stan. And not in the ways of like, she's so hot, she's fashion girl, duh, duh, duh. No, she makes shit happen. If Kim Kardashian wants some shit to happen and to go down, she's going to do it. She's like, I want to wear this Marilyn Monroe dress. And they're like, Kim, your ass injections have taken over this dress. 
And she's like, okay, what's going to happen is I'm going to wear it um, not fully closed and just wear uh, a first stole over it. <laughs> because I'm still going to wear it with eight-inch stripper heels. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. There's something about Kim K that I really resonate with. <laughs> I just, I relate to her in so many ways. That's actually hilarious. I don't know. I just think, you know, we'd be friends. If Jessica was here, she would have a lot of um, other reasons why. She also loves the Kardashians. You guys need to go into her DMs and scream at her and say, bitch, why weren't you on the podcast? Okay. Just ask her. She'd probably be like, well, because you didn't ask me to come, you idiot. <laughs> I just wanted to chat with you guys onesie on onesies. Because we're going to have a lot of guests, okay? We're going to have some totally non-television-related episodes, some things going on, but I don't want to give things away. I'm totally my mother's child because my mom can't, like, I have realized I can't tell her about anything that I'm doing until it is over and done with, particularly in, like, the acting world because here in this television and film world, you will work on something and it won't come out for a year and a half, which is great, which is nice. Because you get residuals and all that stuff, but it's such a mind fuck. <laughs> such a mind fuck. Do you know what is also a mind fuck? Do y'all remember that TV show, 19 Kids and Counting? <gasps> pull the car over. Stop the car right now. Stop it. Just pull the car over. Listen, it was insane. And I would watch it in horror, disbelief, and anguish. Unable to pull my eyes away from it. So, Prime Video, you guys, make sure that your Prime Video subscriptions are up to date, okay? You might just need to watch me on something, but what you need to watch now, meow, there's a new documentary about, specifically, Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar. It's called The Duggar Family Secrets, and its release is Friday, June 2nd, which is now, the Duggars are saying that it paints their life in a derogatory and sensationalized way. The 19 Kids and Counting stars criticized the docu-series Shiny Happy People, Duggar Family Secrets, one day before its release on Prime Video. The recent documentary that talks about our family is sad because in it, we see the media and those with ill intentions hurting people we love. Jim Bob and Michelle wrote on the Duggar family website June 1st. Like other families, ours too has experienced the joys and heartbreak of life, just in a very public format. This documentary paints so much and so many in a derogatory and sensationalized way, because sadly, that's the direction of entertainment these days. E! News reports. Y'all. This is for the people who really watched them on TLC. And watched how those kids grew up and was like, I don't want any parents. I've got to get out of here. I've got to get out of here. This is for those people. Because honestly, their kids are in the documentary talking about all the bullshit that went down. These huge families, these, these, we want to have 4 million kids because God told us in the Bible, and it doesn't matter if they have health deficiencies or if we have, my wife has like 17 stillbirths or anything traumatic. People don't talk about that aspect of it. And yes, guess what? That is your choice. You absolutely may do whatever you like. But we're going to talk about it. Okay? Yeah. We're going to talk about it. Because we want to let it be known that we see ya. When those kids need to run away and they need to make it to some sort of treatment facility. Some sort of integration program so they can come back out into the real world. It's like, I liken this sort of lifestyle to the Amish And let me just be honest with you. I have no judgment against being in the Amish and the choice to be in the Amish. But you know there's a thing called Yom Springer. 
And Yom Springer is when the young Amish get to a certain age and they're allowed to actually leave the confines of the home that they've been in. And they get to go out into the real world, whether it be New York City or whether it be Kalamazoo. I don't know where they get to go. It depends on where they are, okay? And they get to spend a certain amount of time out in the real world. And they have the choice to go back into the Amish or be absolutely disowned, absolutely ostracized, absolutely cast aside, okay? Those are the choices. And I feel like anytime the choice is, well, you can stay here in the loving arms of your family or you can fuck right off to hell, you get no money, you get no skills, you've never been in school, what are you going to do? It just seems like one of these things where like, but do you really want me to do well? You don't. You just want me to stay here and you want to be able to say, well, you had the choice to go or not. Which blends into our society and blends into our culture. Am I triggered? Absolutely. Okay? That's why I seek help. That's why I have a bloody therapist. Doll. You should get one too. <laughs> I never trusted the Duggars. If you ever watched their show, so they lived in this, honestly, their house was kind of lit. They had this great big huge kitchen, this great big huge pantry, and it really reminded me of like Bible days because it took them all day just to make each meal. I mean, every, imagine feeding 23 people three times a day. What? Also, for the people out there who have wounds and give birth, can you imagine giving birth to 24 children? That seems like a punishment, really. That doesn't seem like a gift and a blessing. That seems mean. That seems unfair. And I remember there was one season there, sweet little baby girl. I want to say her name was Josie. Wow. Is that the only name I could remember? She had the most horrible birthing experience. Like, her birth, her delivery was terrible. She struggled for months. I want to say even for years. Like, I don't know. And I hope it wasn't worse. Like, I'm, I know that, sh that Michelle and Jim Bob. And also, why do they always have names like Jim Bob? Dean Earl. Randy Craig. What's with the two names? Jesse Lee. Why? No offense to anyone who has th those kind of names, but if you're going to have multiple names, have four names. Helen Helena, Katharina, Lilia, Andrea, Rubenstein. Like, make it, you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? I don't get it. What's with the Jim Bobs of the world? Any hoodles. I know that Jim Bob and Michelle had experienced some traumatic losses along the way. And it just reminds me, my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law is pretty badass, you guys. Not going to lie to you. She was a woman who grew up in a certain time. And when women were told that they only had a certain amount of choices, and she really created a lane for herself. And a lot of people would probably, you know, have some choice words for her choices. But I can't say that I would because I wasn't in her shoes. And I'll be motherfucking damn. But she was saying about her personal experiences, which are horrible and I won't share because I haven't asked her. But I will share anonymously what she told me about her neighbor. She had a neighbor. And this is back in the day, like, you... I guess had to ask your husband. I mean, I guess maybe you didn't have to, but this was like what happened. They were, all of the neighbors, all the women in the town were just getting knocked up all the time. They were all meant to stay at home and be gorgeous. And the husbands went out all day and worked and came home, you know, went to the bar and drank and then came home and was like, let's fuck, you know, just sounds horrible to me, honestly, truly horrible. She had a neighbor. The neighbor had had multiple children at this point, let's say three or maybe four. 
and was suffering loss in just getting knocked up because no contraception, no condoms, like that's not a thing you did. And she wanted to go on birth control and her husband was like, that's ungodly. And they ended up having seven, but she doesn't even know the number of children that they lost. And like, I could never imagine what that's like to miscarry just from what I've seen from people that I know who've talked about their experiences and what we've watched on our reality television shows. I just, that's so heartbreaking and so devastating. And I just wonder what in these kind of cultures of like, let's have as many kids as we can physically have until it's impossible because that's God's plan and it's natural and we're not going to cut our hair. And that part I don't really mind as much because I do love a long-haired woman. Um, but why don't the men then keep their hair long? It's in strange world. It, I, there's a lot of things that I think about. And that I wonder about. And this this whole thing is interesting. And I'm going to watch the documentary. I need to finish Hillsong first. Um, I'm just going to put it on the list. Because it, it sounds like it's going to be a right riot. And if, the child, if their children are going to now speak out about it. Because y'all listen. I've heard tale that in these sort of families. They only fraternize with other families as such, who have a million children. And then essentially, they just like trade the women. They like trade the girls out. How barbaric is that? How, abs how absolutely tribal is that? How very like Queen Charlotte being carried over to George. Shout out to Shonda Rhimes. And also shout out to history, because I up in Charlotte Mecklenburg County, which was a gift to Queen Charlotte before them colonies got snatched up and got their independence, honey. <laughs> I just, yeah, a lot of these, these things make me scratch my head and say, hmm, what is this? But I guess we're going to find out what this is because we're going to watch the documentary on Prime Video. In other news, a New York appeals court has upheld the 2021 ruling against Parlux in Jay-Z, Sean Carter's lawsuit against the brand, confirming that the brand owes him nearly $7 million in unpaid royalties. While a 2022 report originally detailed a $4.5 million payout was owed, Billboard reported today that after losing its appeal, Parlux now owes Jay-Z $6.8 million dollars okay let me tell you something about bitch better have my money this is what happens when you don't do right by people this is what happens because y'all i don't know what it is about um just culture in general that the human like Mm, I don't want to say a human need, but there is a human capability in a hunger for greed, lust for greed, that will make you think that you have to screw somebody over and that's business. Or you just don't pay certain people and that's business. Or you, you attempt to cut quarters. You see it a lot in, you know, record deals. Megan Thee Stallion is going through a bit, a bit, a bit of legal battle with 1501 record label. And it's, like, quite obvious that they're trying to screw her over and, like, get all of her money from her, you know, first, like, five records. Which, you know, here's my tea. I can understand being in her position and being like, okay, I just want to get signed. But, uh, <sighs> girl, I would have had to have a lawyer on, de on deck to be like, and this is how we're going to get out of this. We're going to make them sign this one. Because hell no. Hell to the no. Hell to the no, no, no. Or I would have to just do some shady. And listen, I don't know. These things are really tough. And I was in a bad contract with an agent for like five years in my 20s. Just wasted. Am I wasting time? Because I've wasted all mine on you. Yeah. 
it was a lot of wasted time. I don't know if it was wasted time or if it was just the experience I needed to be a bad bitch. But, you know, I just think it's wild, isn't it? It's just absolutely wild. And yes, Jay-Z is totally rich. Let's not get that twisted. Like, wealthy. Isn't he one of the only billionaire, black billionaires? That's what I heard. He and Beyonce have just reportedly purchased Los Angeles' most expensive mansion. So I can see why some, you know, dumbass motherfucker would think, oh, well, whatever, we can just get away with this $6 million, this $4 million. Now you owe him six point eight. And let that be a lesson to everyone. Whether you're listening from here or whether you're listening from afar, my dearly. If you think you can win when you're dirty, like Nene, like Nene Lee said, you can never win when you're dirty. And that's just the truth, Ruth. Y'all be doing sneaky shit. Listen, it may not manifest now. And I'm not, listen, people make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. And how you handle your mistakes is very different. I'm not a perfect person. I'm not a perfect person. But. When you keep doing fucked up shit over and over, sneaky, sneaky, you're trying, you're literally intentionally trying to hurt someone. And whether you view it as like, you're just really intentionally trying to make yourself win. No, 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 no. If somebody else has to get fucked over for you to win, you're not winning. Do I need to repeat that? Do I need to repeat that if someone else has to get fucked over for you to win you're not winning and i'm not i'm not really talking about like okay well i can't really take my manager with me when i when I get signed after I do this Marvel movie and like, I, I really, you know, I can't keep the same agents. That's not what I mean because that's a natural progression. And then motherfuckers got other clients that was putting coin in their pocket when your ass wasn't. They'll get, it'll be all right. But what I do mean is you have a friend who helps you for free, develop your little indie script and does all the test readings for free. And, you know, has your back and lets you stay in their apartment while you, while you, you know, shop the script and they're an actor and you don't want, and you don't let them read for the damn movie when it gets picked up. That's the kind of shit that gets y'all fucked up. Or you see your girl struggling. She needs a recommendation. She needs a reference. She needs you to, 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 to help you, to help you. She needs you to help her get into a class. How about that? Let's not even make it dire straits. You got a girlfriend. She really needs to take a class. You've taken it. She needs you to refer, but you won't do it. Why are y'all like that? That kind of shit. Because then what you find is that when you are in a place of need, when you are in a situation where you need someone to reach out and to advocate for you, you can't find nobody. You find... When you're on your darkest day, when you're down and out, you can't find anybody. You have no one to turn to. Who can I run to? You have no one. You are Latasha Scott. You got Rocky. That's damn near being by your damn self. Close enough. It just trickles down. It just that whole thing, even this like lawsuit just reminds me that we still live in a world where people will try to get over on you, baby. That's why I have to look people dead in their eye and be like, you can't play a player, player. Bitch, been there, done that. You cannot run game on me. I am the game. You heard me? <laughs> I'm really feeling myself, you guys. I'm really feeling myself tonight. No, but seriously, it's just weird. It's like, the risk of having to pay that shit back or like the risk of having to, it's like when you see these people with these PPP loans and they don't really need them. And it's like, babe, you know, 
you're gonna have to pay that back. It's a loan. It's not. It's not a. Are you using it as an investment? Okay, you're just gonna buy clothes with it, shoes and vacations. I hope you go on the nicest vacation you've ever been on, bitch. Because the next place you're going to is the clinker. Don't do that. It's fraudulent. You're fraud. You're a bunch of fraud. I just don't understand that mentality. Um, obviously, I am in a world divided because a lot of y'all, that's how y'all operate. That's how y'all make y'all money. That's how y'all do y'all thing. And that's okay. God bless you. Gazoon tight. And um, I'll be praying for, you know, your everlasting soul. Because we are souls having human experiences, child. Y'all just need to do her right. <laughs> That's fucked up. But I guess they have the $6.8 million to give back to Jay-Z. So he'll be able to buy Blue Ivy a nice gift with that. I'm sure she'll be expecting something shiny. The shiniest thing of life. Okay, so little story time. I read... For and just like that, season two. And I read to be a love interest to one of the regular actors. And by when I say regular actors, I mean like the actors who were in 90% of the episodes. So I don't want to give away too much because it's definitely illegal for me to give you guys a plot line. <laughs> but catch this. At the end of my lane here at my house upstate, we got some new neighbors, and one of my new neighbors worked on it and just like that last season. And so me being messy, I was like, who played the role of so-and-so? And they were like, oh yeah, this person did it. And I was like, I read for that role. And they were like, whoa, totally different, totally different. So that made me feel really nice. But the news that came out recently about this season of And Just Like That made me so upset because I was like, wow, damn, like, girl, you could have been real close to proximity to this greatness. Did you guys hear? Kim Cattrall is set to reprise her role as Samantha Jones in the and Joes, Samantha Jones in the And Just Like That season two finale. Oh, my God. I really, really, really did not think this was going to happen. I did not think that we were going to be in a world in which Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall were going to get back on set together. Now, now, we don't know anything about the plot, so we don't know if they would have to be in the same room or they'd have to be working together. But if you didn't know, Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker, we're not really besties they're like not really the best of friends and i love when i hear stuff like that for instance there was a rumor and this is all legit obviously like i don't know them but there was also a rumor about megan Mullally and deborah messing who play grace adler and karen walker in will and grace having like a feud or like not really like loving each other that much um which is why the reboot ended which is completely complete malarkey the reboot could have just ended because it was three years of a reboot and like you gotta know when to leave <laughs> you just gotta know when to leave and i don't know what the strike is gonna do to like a lot of these shows but i think a lot of them that probably you know it's like you had a good run they'll probably bow out we'll just have to see and we'll have to see the bitch who's playing the role that i'm supposed to be doing what god has for me is for me and what god has for you is for you can't nobody take nothing from you. I remember I was talking to a friend and I had just had like a friendship breakup, I guess you could say, which are always the hardest thing for me. Like I can walk away from a man. Like I can walk away from you. I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be devastated, but I can walk away from a man. But a girl, a good girlfriend. Oh my God. And I was saying to another friend who knows both of us. And I was like, you know, there's just been a huge weight. Lifts it off my shoulders, and I just feel like I have so many opportunities are coming my way. Like, I feel like this bitch was blocking my energy, and she was like, as if she had the power to do that. 
And I think we have to remind ourselves that every step of our journey is a part of our destiny. Now, that don't mean go out here and just do dumbass shit for the fuck of it. Be like, what's well, this part of my experience? No, it was not your experience to get fired from your job for acting a motherfucking fool at the work site. Work site. That was not a part of your destiny. It can be, but it didn't need to be. Knocking up 15 different people because you didn't want to wrap it up. That I, I don't know. But I do believe that a lot of times when we experience rejection, for those of us who, us ambitious girls who are always, you know, steady driving forward, trying to create new opportunities, trying to tap into new skill sets and to enrich our lives creatively, emotionally, spiritually. Sometimes you just kind of feel like you can't see the progress. You can't see where you're going, but every single thing is a part of your destiny. Every rejection is a redirection. And the older I get, the more I can actually see that, that okay. And I can only relate it to my career, my life. You know, if I, you know, oh, well, I didn't get that job and that job, but I made a relationship with this casting director and now I'm getting this job because that person knows who I am from the jobs that I didn't get. Or just establishing a work ethic and honing your craft, like Drew Sedora, understanding your techniques, if, whether it's Uta Hagen or Antonin Solosowski or Sanford Meisner, you know, whatever it might be, and, and, and really working on those things. You know, I just think it makes Sometimes you get a little bit distracted and you don't realize that it's a part of the journey. It's a part of the, the moment. And, you know, I think really what I'm telling myself is even if I'm not on set with Kim Cattrall today, I can be on set with Kim Cattrall. Indeed, tomorrow. A day will come with that girly, specifically. I've had a few girlies that I would never have dreamed of and was on set with. I did, I had one line in, I, don't, I can't even remember the name of it. Oh my God. What is the name of it? Oh my God. What a dick. I'm going to have to look at my resume. Like 100%. We crashed, right? I had one episode on We Crashed. But it was with Anne Hathaway and Jared Leto. And when I tell you, like, that's not what I expected in the absolute slightest when I had my one line, which was, you know, I had two lines, but they were a total of, like, four words. And then when I watched it on television, there was no footage of me. It was literally just the side of my head. But I got paid. And I got a residual check form last week. Ooh. And this is another thing. My mama would always tell me, do not despise your small beginnings. Because I was like, I, you know, a lot of people would have would have turned down that audition. Like, I can't do a co-star. I'm not going to do a, a, a role that only has one line. Like, I can't do that. Why not, bitch? Somebody else about to do it. That's money. That's that's not just one check. Because y'all go to work, y'all get y'all's 40 hours, and then you get paid, and that's it. I'm going to get paid for this as long as it plays. And if I'm not here to get the coin, my man will get it. And if my man not here to get the coin, my kids will get it. So I always think about these experiences. And I remember when I walked onto that, when I walked into the set and I realized, because I, did, I didn't have a script, obviously I had two lines, like, what the fuck do you script for, bitch? Playing a cashier. Get over it. And I am seeing the, the trailers and this, and then Anne motherfucking Hathaway walks into the holding space. Hi, I'm Annie. And I really had to check myself. Like, girl, bitch, who, ain't nobody gonna fucking care. When N.A. and I are kikiing at the Golden Globes next year, she's not going to care that I had one line and we crashed. We're going to be kikiing because we already have a history. <laughs> so, you know, all that stuff is like the circle of my brain and how me not being able to act with Tim Cattrall is actually inspiring. Because <laughs> also the role that I would have played if I had got that. I don't even know if, she, if that... <laughs> Tim Cattrall may have never even met that character once so good grief but i have these i have these these moments i think it helps all of us right when we're like what is this like 
I was really great. Like this was a perfect job opportunity. It's all my skill sets or I've been doing everything right health wise. I can't get rid of that last like three pounds or like, you know, I'm like struggling. It's like, listen, we don't always know what it is. We don't always know why it is, but it's a part of our journey. And especially when it comes to things that you can't control, that's, that's the thing. Because a lot of times we be fucking up our own shit. We be fucking up. You're just fucking up. That's what you're doing. But I think in some circumstances, it's just there's the natural setbacks in life. There's natural challenges and natural difficulties. And um, sometimes that can become discouraging. And you just need a little sassy gay during Pride Month to tell you that it's going to be okay, darling. It's all going to be great. Do you know what's not looking great, though? Oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm going to close this out with this one. So according to court documents, Kim Zoltiak-Bierman apparently physically assaulted Croy Bierman after learning that he had hidden some of her luxury items behind the confines of a safe. What such luxury items might those be? Handbags. Wigs. I don't know about y'all. Here's the thing about me. I'm too Southern. And this is why I really, I really don't think their divorce is like, because they hate each other. I think it's all about this money they owe the government and trying to split it and trying to, you know, figure it out. Maybe it can get them back on a television show. I heard Kendrick talking about that with Taria on her most recent episode which I never really thought about that aspect of it. I'm like, oh, they're just so desperate to get back on TV. What can they do? I don't know about that. But I definitely do feel like when it comes time to do the tax stuff, it might be better to do that separately, right? I could be wrong. I could, I could literally be saying that and a lawyer be like, no, they should just stay together. That's <laughs> Shows you what I know. I don't know because I make sure I, make sure I pay my taxes, honey. Pays those. Cause hell to the motherfucking no no jail. I would not do. I would not do well in jail. Okay, they don't have all the products I need for my hair in the jailhouse. But apparently, it's getting really messy over there at their house. She doesn't slap the man. She doesn't slap the man. I don't know. I just feel like it's so embarrassing. Like, why do we need to be doing all this? And then after it happens, why do we need to be telling the press? Now, I guess documents are public so whatever is said in court potentially could be you know released to the public which is quite good actually but it's very embarrassing and um you know fame is a drug i was you know looking at some old footage of kim beerman because i'm gonna keep calling her kim beerman she's she not leaving that man she loves that man. I'm not buying it. Everybody's not breaking up. Everybody's not cheating. Everybody's not doing that. And y'all are y'all are scammers, but it's not. It's y'all scamming this. Y'all scamming us. And you've never been that good at scams, so that's why I don't believe this. I don't believe nothing about it. I just don't buy it. And I was wondering, we need to get a lawyer on the call. Although we did talk about this with Jessica, and I just think I can't remember right now what it is that the thing is. But I don't think I was satisfied with her answer. You know what I mean? I, I don't think I was satisfied. I think I believe they're lying. And even this story that they released to the press just very well might be a lie. It might be a lie. Yeah, I think they're, yeah, probably pack of lies, you guys. Probably pack of lies. But I can imagine the panic that they're going through, especially when you have kids, because here's the thing. When you raise your children up in a certain lifestyle and a certain way of life, it's hard to get them to transition out of that. It's really, really hard. And I can't imagine how much money they spend on those kids. It's, it's, it's 50 of them kids. It's 50 of them kids they got. That's another thing. Why do y'all have to have all these damn kids like this? I think a lot of times some of this, it's like this toxic... I don't know, but it's strange. Like, I understand, like, you want to hear the pit patter of feet. But y'all can't take care of your kids. That's the problem. 
Y'all can't take care of them. You just want to have them because it makes you, you know, it's the status symbol. I'm like, having children for the photos, that's scary. It's not far-fetched, but that's what it seems like sometimes with these folks. And I'm just like, Kim, except for with Kim and Corey, I was like, no, y'all are just so pregnant and you had twins. Like, you didn't. You weren't expecting that to happen. I'm just not. Listen, I'm, I can't go back. I can't go backwards. I would have had to be on OnlyFans. I would have had to be on Celebrity Big Brother. I would have had to be on, you know, Bravo's Charm School with Kim Zoltiak Beerman. I'm not doing it. You got me fucked up. And I already told Babe. I was like, listen, no matter what, I'm Doreen Kimsley in this motherfucker. If you can't do what you need to do, I'm going to make it happen. Somehow. Get me the <laughs> get me the Italian room at Buka de Bupe. Right? Hell no. And that just goes to show you a lot of times in these um, situations that the, you know, and Kim always says she had modest upbringing, she had a modest upbringing. If that's the case, why would you ever jeopardize going back? I'm not going back. I'm not living in nobody's living room again. I'm not calling nobody up and being like, oh my God, I need a place. No, I'm not doing that. You got me fucked up. I, I, I will do what I have to do to make it. And that's why I don't pass judgment on people because it's like, y'all don't know what people, what people really have to do to get out of the situations that they're in. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So there's just a lot going on out here. It's a lot of mess. And I just want, I want, I just, my request is to heal, is to heal the world. To heal the world. Because we need some healing. We need some healing powers to come right now and touch some of y'all's hearts because they're evil. I don't know what's wrong with you. Slapping people, <laughs> hiding wigs. It's much too much, okay? Going back into debt on the tax liens, I mean, I don't know. What is, what is this? I'll tell you what it is. It's another week in the United States of America. <laughs> it's another week at the end of the world. It just goes to show you that we're really just hanging on by a thread. Gravity is keeping us down here, but at any moment, we could fly right on off into the atmosphere. And that's another episode of what is this, honey?